Welcome back to Dr. Agile's office. In this office, we discuss Agile practitioners' questions, organizational symptoms, scenarios, just clarifying questions, just like you would with your own doctor. My name is Sander Dirt, and I'll be your doctor. And if you have any questions or scenarios that you would like to discuss on your own, please reach out to me through LinkedIn, through the Discord community of Mastering Agility, or the website masteringagility.org. Let me know. In the last episode of Dr. Agile, we had the first part of Amanda Taylor joining us, and she had one specific question remaining. I think it's a very relevant question. So let's not take too much time, and let's see what the question is. Let's see. Let's hear. Okay, so my last question it would be, um, as a new Scrum Master, especially someone transitioning, you know, careers, how do I immediately show my value to my company? Um, yeah, just as somebody who's completely new into the field. Why does your... Are there any signals that your organization wants you to immediately demonstrate your value from the get-go? Um, I think them kind of giving me all the responsibility without any training or um, even like really onboarding it made mm-hmm. me feel like I needed to make sure that I'm showing that I'm actually running everything that I'm supposed to run efficiently. Um, but is there anything additional that I can do other than just like the bare minimum that they've given me, which is to make sure you do your stand-ups and your refinements. <laughs> do you have kids? I do. What would happen if you would hand over a bicycle without training wheels to your kids and say, see your grandma, good luck. <laughs> they would be on the ground crying. <laughs> exactly. So how does anyone expect you to be instantly performing Without the local circumstances, local context getting used to, it takes training in that sense. It takes them getting used to the dynamics, the culture, the people. Uh, Well, I know if you've done a complete career switch, you've been doing something different before. You can't expect someone to instantly perform on top level. You can run stuff. You can try to facilitate some things. But even I, and I've been doing this for about 8 to 10 years now, the first things that at least for the first month that I'm doing is just observing. I'm not doing anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just observing, writing down some notes that wherever applicable. I try to guide some things, but I never run things. I never facilitate anything yet unless they specifically require me to with the right uh, arguments. Other than that, I would just sit back, see what the dynamics are, see what kind of issues you see, and try to build your backlog a little bit of a scrum master where you can start to improve stuff. It's it's really one of those organizational unicorns to expect people to instantly perform. Yeah. It's a tough thing. What does that do with you mentally? Um, the first week when, um, so I got hired on a Monday, they told me by Thursday that next week, um, you know, it's all you go forth and be great. Um, I was very, very stressed. <laughs> Um, I think I was stressed all week because there was no plan for onboarding. It was just um, observe four meetings a day and then the rest of the time it's like up to you. So um, there were like levels of stress that I was, you know, working through. 
Um, by the time I was running my meetings, I kind of was focusing more on the team building aspect. So when I started doing icebreakers for the teams and one of them just thought I was hilarious. So I was getting energized and I was really having fun. Um, but then I think it was like, okay, well, here goes our first refinement. I have to know how to do the planning poker with this website. Um, you know, it was kind of like cycling levels of like fun and joy and then stress and what am I doing? This doesn't make sense. So it was it's been a roller coaster. <laughs> Do you feel open enough to to mention these kind of things in your organization as well? So hey, listen, I just started this stuff. I really want to be good at this, but I don't know everything yet. I need some help here. Yeah, I've um I think that first week on Thursday when they told me I was gonna have my own um, teams. I started demanding from my manager that we had some time at some point to sit down and speak because we also have not spoken the whole week. Um, so I know that the company was super busy with like a new something that they were launching. It was last Friday they launched it. So everyone's been really busy and like the building's on fire type of thing. <laughs> but um, by Thursday I was like, we, we got to sit down and just you know, establish just baseline. What are your expectations of me? Um, I asked them for a 30, 60, 90 day plan because I just wanted to know what are your goals for me by ter certain timestamps um, just so that I can kind of pace myself better and not panic about being like a master proficient scrum master by Monday, which was not reasonable. So, you know, I've been vocal enough that I need at least us to have a meeting, at least talk to me. So um, that's pretty much as far as it's gone. Like we are now meeting every Friday, but it's more of a check-in instead of actual training or coaching. What do you expect of yourself as the Scrum Master? Um, I just expect my team to be thriving and for everyone to be cross-functional and self-managing by tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> And that's all been put on, you put yourself in this position, at least you put this pressure on yourself. Yeah. Right? What would happen if Superman would not be there anymore to protect the Earth? I mean, I guess the Earth will crumble or it'll be fine. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Putting this weight on yourself as a Scrum Master... You're building yourself to become the Superman of the organization. It's in that sense, I would recommend to focus on the self-management and the, the self-sustainability of the team and the, the ability as soon as you, you're, you're not there or sometimes you're, you're sick or you're away or different meeting. I don't care if you're not there, that they're able to facilitate their own events, that they don't look at you for everything. And I think, Putting all that pressure of the success of the team just in your shoulders is setting yourself up for failure. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, expect if you want a plant to grow, you can try to shout at the plant, but that's not going to work. A plant needs the right environment, the right type of light, the right um, soil, the right pH value in the soil. It needs water, so the entire surroundings need to be in the right position for in order to plan for the for the plan to grow. A scrum team is no different; it needs the right environment, and you're you alone are not the environment. 
It needs the right support from all the angles. Okay. So don't put yourself in that position too much. I won't. <laughs> I will ask for help. They did hire an agile coach when they hired me on that same week. Um, so the agile coach has been focusing more on like proficiency with Jira and cleaning up the Confluence page. Um, but I've had a list of things that I wanted her to go over with me and with the teams um, just to kind of help with my, you know, my understanding and and how to guide the teams, how they need to be guided. Maybe a really harsh question. Uh, why is the team not cleaning up their own Confluence and their own Jira? That's a great question. <laughs> I think um, I mean, they, they had Scrum Masters before um, and in the last month or so, two of them quit. So I think that's why it was like a push for like, okay, go ahead and take over your teams. The only Scrum Master left can't do it all on her own. Um, but the both pages kind of seemed a mess. It was very disorganized. So the Agile coach came in and her first initiative was to fix the pages because the you know the developers were not focused on the pages at all. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, my kids, I have three kids, right? They make the house an awful mess. There, there are toys everywhere. But if I'm continuously going to clean up after their butts, they're always going to expect me to clean up stuff. So it's a lot more useful if if we teach them to clean up after their own instead of always cleaning up for them. Leave the Jira board in a better place than you found it. I agree. That's really for them. And uh, Do you think that your, your predecessors have created such an environment where the expectation is that you as a scrum master are supposed to clean up the Jira board and do, do those kind of things? No. Hopefully not. Mm-mm. Let's not expect you to do the similar thing. Any other questions that I can help you with? Um, no, I think that's all I have for now. For now? All right. Let's see if you'll be back in the future. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Personally, making tangible what your effect is of a Scrum Master is one of the toughest things to do when it comes to demonstrating performance. Making clear, making measurable how you're performing uh, how you are performing as a scrum master and what you exactly did it's tough especially when you're more on the coaching aspect you can't really measure coaching so i really understand and i'm empathetic with what amanda went through or is going through so i'm really curious to see what's going on and how that will evolve in the future now if you have any specific questions or you would like to evolve as an agile practitioner please join the Mastering Agility Discord community. I'll leave the link in the show notes once again. And I hope to see you guys there. If not, hope you tune in to the next episode of Mastering Agility.